Hi friends, welcome to Astrology and Stuff. I'm Simpriti. Thank you so much for being here. This is a very special episode. This is the episode that I recorded for the Patreon exclusive, and it's a transit talk. So it talks all about the astrology of this upcoming Leo new moon and a lot of other things that go along with it. And about halfway through recording it, I decided that I wanted to release it as a full astrology and stuff episode because there's just too much good shit here. So thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, And if you would like to look into my offerings, please go to www.astrogeomantica.net for astrology readings, astrocartography readings, human design readings, and starting this week, soulful doula readings. Stay tuned on my Instagram at Life for much, much more about those last offerings. And um, yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. I will be back, um, if not next week, then definitely the week after with that promised part two of the retrogrades. Um, that's gonna. This is going to be a three-episode series on retrogrades. I hope you enjoyed the first episode. It was definitely my pleasure to um, go deep into this subject. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks again for being here. Hello and welcome to the subscriber-exclusive weekly transit talk of astrology and stuff. I'm Sam Preeti, your sacred clown and hostess today. Thank you so much for supporting the show, and thank you, as always, for being here. All right, friends, it is the transit talk episode of Monday, August 14th, and we... Uh, just had a really cool special day um, yesterday, uh, the Venus Sun Kazemi, and that is a part of this kind of, it's one chapter of a multi-chapter story that uh, a couple of planets and luminaries are telling over the course of a week. Um, and we're going to dive into that uh, for this week because it's going to continue and kind of accentuate uh, this week. But first, I wanted to thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being a part of the Patreon community for astrology and stuff. Um, thank you to new uh, patron, matron, vatron. I think I'm just going to say vatron. <laughs> um, gender neutral patron. Uh, Samantha, thank you so much for finding me and finding the community. Um, little tidbit, uh, I did a reading for Samantha um, earlier in the year, like in January, and hers was the, the advice and kind of the insistence of like, um, that just kind of pushed me over the edge to actually create this podcast. So, um, thank you so much for being here, Samantha. And I'm so excited to, uh, reconnect with you and welcome to the show. (laughs) And so thank you, um, to everyone who supports, uh, if you would like to support further, Um, You can always leave a review. A five-star review really helps others find this show as well. Um, You can uh, screen grab, you know, the, your phone while you're, you know, listening to this and put it up on socials. Um, Shout out to at Sampreeti Life. That's my, that's my handle. Uh, The show doesn't have an Insta yet, but it hopefully soon it'll be in the, um, in the, 
in the future, in the very near future, uh, it'll be a reality. But until then, um, yeah, get the word out there. Talk to your friends about it. Uh, if you are the kind of person like me who is kind of the astrologer of the group, astrologer of the friend group, uh, and you benefit from the show, simply just passing the word along helps benefit the show itself. So thanks for helping me do this, friends. Okay, so this week, the week of um, August 14th is a, I'm seeing it as a continuation of kind of what has been kicking off for a while on some levels and some layers and kicking off pretty intensely for the past couple of days. Um, By a while, I'm meaning like, you know, Venus going into Leo, Venus going retrograde of almost a, almost a month ago, um, sun going into Leo. These are just kind of layers of, of stuff kind of building. And then last Wednesday, and I, I left the, I recorded and, and dropped the, um, transit talk episode on Wednesday instead of Monday last week, because, I was still recovering from COVID and my whole family got it and I've got two kids and it's just, summer is weird with schedule and trying to record these regularly anyway, but also it kind of worked out because the astrology of the week didn't really strengthen and kind of kick off until Wednesday, like midweek last week. And that was when Venus uh, squared off Uranus, Venus retrograde in Leo was squaring off Uranus in Taurus. That story continues and the plot thickens, as they say, uh, this week with this new moon in Leo coming up on early Wednesday morning. Uh, For those of you Eastern daylight time, very early Wednesday morning for those of you on the West Coast. And then of course, later in the day, if you're listening in the UK or Europe, um, or Israel. So the, but what happens first, uh, this week is actually going to happen Tuesday evening. And that is, uh, that we have this Venus gate. So the Venus gate is if, if the, the Venus Kazemi is when the, when Venus and the sun meet up, Venus gate is when Venus and the moon meet up. And, this is ha- this happens roughly 13 times a year and uh with you know each moon and um this is uh a point in time how it how we kind of experience it and receive it is it's a point in time when our uh we could call it our higher and our lower uh feminine is is coming together by and I don't mean higher and lower lower by hierarchical standards, you know, more important, less important. I mean it from a place of frequency or density or um yes, frequency or density, a higher frequency, lower density, and then you know, a lower frequency, higher density experience, i.e. spirit and body. Uh, or things that are more ethereal and on the spirit part of us, and then things that are more, uh, things that are heavier, things that, you know, hold us to this body, things that hold us to the earth. Um, And astrologically speaking, 
the moon is our internal system. Uh, the moon is our ability. If you go back and listen to the um, the episode of astrology and stuff with cancer in it, we do um, Gemini and cancer. In that episode, I talk about cancer. I talk about the cancer's planetary ruler, the moon, uh, and their domain, the fourth house of the zodiac, and your natal chart. And this is a place, the moon, you know, cancer, and the fourth house, this is a place of the first time as an evolved being that we have been able to internalize, that we've been able to create an inner life. Um, this is the self self, like the capital S self. Uh, and this is also the ego. Okay. The, 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 the function of the ego is to have a self is to have a perspective of self. And it's really the, the initial, the very, very first place where we experience separation uh, in the pantheon or archetypal pantheon of of the zodiac. You know, Cancer is the fourth house, or excuse me, Cancer is the fourth um, uh, zodiacal sign. And up until that point, it's just been, there's not really been a, a delineation between us and them or me and everything else. And then cancer happens and it is suddenly a, something is, is a structure is created called the ego that separates an inner self from the outer self. And this creates this, this kind of uh, tension or this, if you want to, you can picture it in a in myriad of ways. I always go back to cellular biology and, and um, biology in general. Um, it's just, it's a love language. And we've got this, the, our cells, we have this um, semi-permeable membrane around it. And we've got the ins- the inner anatomy and the structures of the cell. And then we've got the extracellular fluid uh, outside of it. And semi-permeable means that s- stuff is, is coming into the cell wall, in through the cell wall. Um, I should say it's not technically a cell wall. It's a cell membrane. Um, that's what makes it a membrane is it's semi-permeable. If it's a wall, it's not permeable. So you've got, um, you know, ions and, and, um, fluids it's, and chemicals and hormones and, all of these little messengers moving through the structure of the membrane out to in and into out. And it's this very dynamic process. And that's what happens with our ego and with our self, where we are consistently receiving messages from the outer world and it's creating something and it's creating change inside of us. And then just as consistently, we are, we are sending messages out you know, into the outer world, that is also creating change. And this whole um, dynamic of movement, we could call emotions. We could call our emotional life, the experience of being affected by internally by something outside of us creates this charge. It's, it's, it's like sex, right? It's like two things rubbing up against each other and creating a third thing, you know? And, and this is the ego. The ego has its place in that. And the moon rules this experience. So 
the moon is our deeply personalized self. And Venus is our value system. Uh, it's Venus is many things, but first, kind of chronologically, it's and fundamentally, it's our value system. It's what we value, what we what we internally find valuable, valuable. And then this creates a feminine, the feminine force of magnetism. I got really deep, really fast, guys. Sorry. Uh, a little bit of whiplash there. Um, magnetism is a feminine force. And I'm not engendering, I'm not using engendered language for something that is, you know, humanly only women have and men don't have or you know, people who identify as women and blah, blah, blah. It's not that kind of gender. It is physical and also metaphysical force. A The feminine principle, it draws in and the masculine principle of natural law, uh, it exerts out, it projects out. So this Venusian principle is magnetic. Okay, so this, we, we, um, our system, our cells, and this doesn't have to even have to be conscious. It can be very unconscious. Uh, it is, there is the, the primary layer is unconscious before it's conscious. Our bodies, hello, embodied astrology, our bodies operate on these principles. And one of them is the body values something. And this desire, this creates a desire that is magnetic and it therefore magnetizes that outside of itself, you know, to draw that which it wants to be in relationship, that with which it wants to be in relationship. Okay. And then we get into the relationship principle, which is the, um, the Venus as ruler of Libra, the, that's the context, the kind of the drawn back, you know, pulled back a little bit, operating the con through the context space, the air space, that element. Uh, Libra is an air sign. Um, that's the other. That's the other part of it. But prime. But initially, it's this internal self, like an internalized experiencing of oh, that's very Tor Venus is the ruler of Taurus of, oh, this is what I value. Um, and then it creates this initial magnetic um, force within it, the feminine principle of magnetism. And so these two principles, the lunar principle and the Venusian principle, come together about 13 times a year, a calendar year, and they create something called the Venus gate. And it's the most magnetic time of the month, <laughs> period. Um, and I'm speaking from a physical alchemical space. Um, you have been living through, you've been experiencing Venus gates since you were inside your mom um, before you were born. And you weren't necessarily aware of it, but you were, you were still participating in these incredible, in these high practices of magnetism. It's just, it's a part of being in a human body. It's a part of being living on earth. 
So just because you know what it is now doesn't mean that you have to do anything. You have to, it doesn't mean you have to go out of your way and do anything special unless that is something that feels good to you. Unless it, you know, I know the feeling of some, of something coming into my sphere and being like, Oh, okay. That's, that's the next thing. Okay. It's not like it's the next thing that's going to like fucking save me. It, it's, it's not, we're not giving external things that much power, but we are, uh, in relation, we are um, um, reveling in the fact that we are in relationship with nature and that we are in relationship with all natural law. And so just kind of depending on what your body tells you uh, from a place of pleasure, a place of attraction and magnetism, how much do you want to get in on this? And if you want to, if you want to get in on the, these Venus gates, uh, then this is We've had a beautiful day of practice uh, yesterday, as I'm recording this on Monday the 14th. Yesterday the 13th was this Venus Sun Kazemi. And it, I don't know about you, but man, I was feeling myself yesterday. But it was like a consciousness. It wasn't, I'm feeling myself because I, you know, my body looks this way or it feels this way or my hair's working. No, my hair was dirty. Uh, and I was on like the second day of my period. And, and I, st- but I still looked good, right? Like, of, of course I did. But, and of course anybody would with dirty hair and second day of the period. I'm just saying, that my insecurities would have found those two elements and a lot more previously on any other day, really, to be like, oh, here are reasons, here are objective reasons why I shouldn't feel hot and sexy and and glittery and powerful because X, Y, Z. It's Yesterday was kind of a day the energy was like, whatever you decide to put on is like your Wonder Woman outfit or it's your Jessica Rabbit outfit. It's like you can't help but, like we're embodying this really incredible, powerful alignment of consciousness and value system. And this because it's the sun, it is, it's very showy, it's very obvious, it's very bright. But every month we have a bit of a version uh, a a version of that with these Venus gates, when when Venus meets up with the other luminary, of course it's not going to be as glittery Jessica Rabbity. It's going to be much more internal than it is external, and it's going to be much more spiritual. So these days, these Venus gates are days of I have experienced them uh, personally as. In, of, of just intense abundance, intense, abund- like capital A abundance, not necessarily winning $1.58 billion on the Mega Millions lottery. God bless you. Whoever you were in Florida, if you're, you're a Floridian, please use it for good. Please use your powers for good and not for evil down there, friends. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> little tangent. Um, <laughs> that was on eight eight too that they that they won. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> don't tell me portals aren't a thing. Um, this is a this is an abundance of 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 the of all spiritual power and life force coming into alignment with all 
earthbound 3D power and life force, moon spirit, and Venus, mama nature. Okay, the part of mama nature that takes fires and uh, monsoons and earthquakes and volcanic eruptions takes them and, and lightning strikes and shows us with them like, oh, you thought you were in charge? Oh, th- you thought that you were causing this? No, 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 no. I'm, ca- I'm the cause of this. This is how I keep the peace. This is how I keep my body pure, right? Sometimes, sometimes I get fleas and I got to shake them off that kind of thing. And I don't, I don't obviously want to, um, minimize at all any of the, the loss of life and the, the damage and the trauma that people and animals and structures go through during these, these times. But how, how it's times like these that like show us how little we have to do with like how little control we have, how little power we have in the face of our mother, you know? And, um, and it's that, it's that kind of abundance. Like we're being shown right now, the abundance of power. It's, is it comfortable and, and pretty and, um, you know, Insta worthy? Absolutely not. No. This kind of power and abundance is un is incalculable and unstoppable and immeasurable. We're talking that kind of abundance, and so this whole um, this whole week that we're having <laughs> it conti- it continues with this Venus gate in Leo, and the Venus is retrograde. So this is. Uh, and this happens on Tuesday. Um, this happens at 18 degrees Leo. Venus is retrograde, and the moon is coming in towards that new moon. It's a couple, you know, hours away from five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like around nine, ten hours away from the moon going new. At the same moment, which is 7:37 p.m. Uh, Eastern Daylight Time, at the same moment, Lilith is conjunct the sun. And all of this is in Leo. So I talked a little bit about Lilith, I think last week. And Lilith is, she's a point in space. And she's also known as Black Moon Lilith. Um, And this is where we get into Lilith and Leo. And all of this in Leo is the part of cre- of authentic creative self-expression, hello, Leo, uh, the, authentic cre- the authenticity of creative self-expression that comes directly as a result from unconditional self-love and unconditional self-acceptance, which happened in cancer, the sign prior, in Leo, Leo is the resultant action of that. The, the ebullience, you know, the bubbling up of when you come to a place of absolute 
uh, and unconditional self-acceptance and self-love, what happens from that? Like, where does the energy go as a result of that? It bubbles up into absolute heart-centered, heart-open, everything, authentic. This is me. Look, I love myself as I am. I love myself unconditionally. I accept myself unconditionally. And here's the creative force from that. That's Leo. Lilith in the mix is the force of, it's the factor of whatever has been, um, I don't, okay, I'm going to try to muddle through this. The first thing I'm going to say, it's whatever that has been attempted to be subjugated that, but she is before subjugation. Lilith is um, the the part of us that, huh, okay, yeah, there maybe that's it. It's not just the part of us that refuses to be subjugated, refuses to be small in ways that are fake. Like there, there are there are appropriate. There's appropriate humility. Humility is as a as a natural act, right? Humility as natural law. I I humble myself to the force of gravity by not jumping off my fucking roof. Okay, because I know what's gonna happen. I humble myself to my body, to the ancestors in that live in my DNA by avoiding certain, you know, foods and certain chemicals because I have inherited, um, uh, through my genes, I've inherited tendencies for illness and inflammation that certain, you know, foods and illnesses, could I like fucking Joe Dispenza out, believe and think my, my, and emote myself out of these diseases? Yeah, absolutely. But that, that takes time. And, and, but that, belief system stuff, Tony Robbins stuff, lives hand in hand with the reality of, of natural law, of what, what, is, what the matter is, like what the density is, what the, the stories that the body holds. That takes time. Can it, can it happen in an instant in the quanta? Absolutely. But it's a different story in the body. So there's a humility that has to take place to um, have discernment over, you know, what happens when, when to have a shit ton of patience and when to, when to, you know, have, have courage and act, you know, that's, that's a lot of discernment of when um, courage and clarity and right action live hand in hand with acceptance and surrender and, um, and humility so I'm talking, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the subjugation of um, me adjusting, walking into a room and totally subconsciously adjusting the pitch of my voice, the carriage of my body, maybe the clothes on my body based on and deciding, you know, subconsciously and consciously, how I'm going to talk, what I'm going to say, if I'm going to talk based on who else is in the room, based on how they are dressed, based on if they are male or female, based on their age, 
based on maybe their status, their economic status, and adjusting my persona, adjusting my body, adjusting my thoughts and my words, it's all of that. These are all creations. My persona, my clothing, my body, my uh, posture, my choice of words, my thoughts. These are all creative self-expressions. And I, by making those creative self-expressions smaller, quieter, less noticeable, flying more under the the radar, as a result of who is in the room, I am subjugating myself. I'm choosing to be subjugated. I'm giving my, I am spending energy and I'm speaking neutrally. I'm not speaking as a fiery feminist, which I am, but um, I'm speaking, this is like total science, like neutral. This is math. This is math class. Excuse me. That takes energy. That takes a lot of energy to be that kind of inauthentic. And that word inauthentic takes a lot of, it's, it's got a, a, it's a big buzzword right now. It's very TikTok-y and it's, it, it can be passed off, I think, as um, a choice. And it is a choice, but it can be so deep and subconscious of a choice that you don't know it's a choice for 40 years. And then suddenly you wake up and you're like, oh, fuck, I, I can do something. This is a thing. And that's, that's not normal. And maybe this is where all my energy has been, why I feel so exhausted all the time. Talk to any queer person. Talk to any person of color. Talk to any trans person. Talk to any, like, look around our, our culture, look around our world, and pick somebody who is on the, the, um, the edges of society, the pick some somebody who is from a community who has been just um, institutionally subjugated <laughs> uh, for hundreds, you know, ten to hundreds to you know thousands of years, and that is talk to them about energy suck and exhaustion and quote unquote chronic uh, community disease. When I was a nurse. It was such a big mystery in the medical culture. I'm sure I think it still is. I haven't been a nurse for a while. Of um, you know, why? Why do what is the back then African American community? Why does the black community have such a higher uh rate of high blood, you know, hypertension and heart disease, uh, hypercholesterolemia, et cetera? It must be the food. Hmm. It must be their food. It must be the way that they feed themselves. Oh my fucking God. How racist. (laughs) How institutionally racist. No, it is not. If if it is a little bit the food, that is way, 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 way off base than way, sorry, I cannot say that enough times. Okay. I'm just going to say it's not the food. It's not the fucking food. It is the institutional, you know, racism. It is the, the carrying around generations and generations of DNA of the enslaved person of the survivor. Right. And then waking up every day and continuing to have to live with this level of stress 
uh, the survival stress, um, et cetera. So that is, this is what I'm talking about as far as the conversation that involves Lilith. It is the part of us that I wanted to say gets subjugated, gets pushed, and then pushes back, refuses to be subjugated. But I wonder, as soon as that like came out of my mouth five rants ago, um, I wondered, I like, no, it's not the part of us that gets subjugated, refuses to get subjugated, because the subjugation doesn't define Lilith. Lilith was defined before the subjugation. And that's kind of what defines Lilith. It's the part of you. Oh my God, I'm yelling now. It's the part of you. It's the part of me that never could, that, that existed before victimization, that existed before subjugation, that existed, well, the myth says, one of the myths about Lilith says she existed before Adam. She was the first person, some very radical myths say. Adam did not define Lilith. Adam defined, in the stories, Adam defined Eve, but, Ad, but Lilith was not defined by Adam. And that is the wildness that we're talking about. And so this point is... Um, is at the very same time that the moon meets up with Venus, this is the point that meets up with the sun. And that's probably why I have so many words about Lilith today. I n- I've never really talked about her before last week. Um, she's there, are, you know, there are some things that are very natural and come into our, our consciousness that are easy to talk about. And it's like, okay, this is the time to pay attention to this, blah, blah, blah. Well, the sun is shining on Lilith and she, she, therefore she, she, she's come into our consciousness and this is going to intensify tomorrow on Tuesday. And this is, um, these two things coming together, you can't, you can't get more feminine. We've got like three sides of the trine here. We've got the three sides of the triangle. We've got the moon, we've got Venus, and we've got Lilith. And yes, the 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 asteroids are um, their own emanations of the divine feminine. Absolutely, um, the sun's not shining on those right now. The sun has been shining on Venus, and Lilith now, and it's about to shine on that moon. So we are coming into, or we are living in um, a week of just a lot of consciousness about what it means to embody the feminine uh, in, as whether you are a person who identifies as a woman, whether you are not a person who identifies as a woman but has feminine organs in your body, um, whatever, wherever on the spectrum. Because we're like, 
we're we're not just talking about the human feminine. We're talking about the earthly feminine, where this is a force of nature, quite literally, and natural law. Um, so this happens 10, 9, 10 hours before this new moon in in Leo, which happens at 23 degrees Leo. And this new moon, we've got, obviously, I've been talking about it this whole time, we've still got Venus and Lilith in play with this new moon. And we, this new moon squares directly to the degree uh, Uranus and Taurus, 23 degrees Taurus. So this is a period of time. This is a new moon that carries a lot of, like I was talking about last week, um, kind of fucker came out of nowhere energy (laughs) of, of something coming out of left field, something coming out of seemingly nowhere, a thunderbolt, you know, a lightning bolt coming out of the sky that, that is, that shines, that brings the energy for change, for this force of evolution and probably revolution. So this new moon, which happens Wednesday, 537 Eastern Daylight Time, um, this new moon is kind of a, a an, um, an exclama- exclamation point on this whole narrative of Venus and Leo and the sun and Lilith and Uranus. Um, this is going to be the beginning because each new moon is a beginning of a cycle. Yes, it's the beginning of a lunar cycle, but it's also the beginning of other longer, larger cycles. Um, I'm thinking a six month cycle from the new moon in Leo all the way to the full moon in Leo and during Aquarius season, this is beginning the cycle of, I I feel very literal and very rapid uh, clarification. There's a lot of light being shown on how we value parts of ourself that perhaps we have have not been conscious of consciously ashamed of or consciously felt guilty around taking too much space, but subconsciously and unconsciously, and have therefore used a lot of energy trying to suppress and repress and subjugate parts of ourself um, that we just don't need to anymore. And that's the revolution. That's this, that's this energy of, of a freedom from ill-used and unevolved choice-making around our, our energy. And I can't think of anything better. <laughs> I can't. Because you, you know how exhausted you feel right now. <laughs> and maybe not like physically, but I, every day I either have a conversation with somebody or like my, my husband came home from doing a, um, you know, doing some work yesterday 
And he was doing some work for friends. And both of those friends, their their partners, um, both of those friends, he shared just how much they're going through and how one of them is in constant, you know, medical issue, having constant medical issues. The other one, um, she checked herself in for some uh, long-term mental health care. And then a third uh, in the circle, um, she's having some major depression. And so we're exhausted in so many ways. There are so many different ways to be exhausted. And I think this week specifically, Uranus and Taurus really helps us because remember Taurus, remember all of the um, Taurus North Node nervous system um, lessons and primers and 101s that we got, all that education. We're learning, Uranus and Taurus is teaching us incredibly practical, pragmatic, feet on the earth, physical body wisdom. And this is butting up against, squaring up against this creative self. Like, how do you creatively self, self-express? How do you, uh, how do you, as you know, the Bible says, how do you let, so let your light shine before men and women and everybody? You know, how do you let your light shine? And taking all the sentimentality out of it and the Bible versiness out of it, it's literally how, where do you point your energy? How much do you, how much work is it taking to point it in a direction that maybe somebody has told you for 40 years, that's the direction you need to point it in and it needs to look like this and it can't be too bright and it can't be too dim. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, guys, I'm going to talk about the Barbie movie again, but any of you out there who have seen the Barbie movie, that monologue by America for that America Ferreira just so expertly delivered, um, at that part of the movie, if you see, if you know, you know, that is what I'm talking about. Like the amount of work, the amount of unconscious and subconscious, and then on top of it, conscious work that goes into trying to force ourselves, force our life force into something that maybe it's not meant to be, it doesn't want to be, it wants to be its own thing. This is, this is what we're talking about with authenticity and inauthenticity. We're talking about literally taking days to weeks to years off your life because you feel like you have to fit into somebody else's ideal. Um, and yes, this is, these are all very, this is a very buzzwordy um, conversation right now. It's everywhere. It's very girl bossy. It's very spiritual girl bossy. Um, and sure, fine. Okay. If wh- whatever gets you, whatever gets the message out, but I'm literally talking math. I'm literally talking, this is, this is the real value here. Literally talking rubber meets the road, life force. So that's, that's this week. (laughs) 
I had zero chill this week. And, and so, but so does the astrology. It's, it's Leo. Okay. There's no (laughs) chill. (laughs) Uh, she goes hard. (laughs) Um, I'm, I also thought about the tarot and the, the Leo card in the classical tarot is called the strength card. And it's this, this young kind of maiden-esque figure, uh, if you remember the picture, holding, um, holding a lion and holding the head of a lion sometimes, the mouth, the jaws of the lion sometimes. And it, it just kind of, I love how that, that image can depict a subversion of like, oh, oh, you thought the lion was the strong one. Okay. But no, (laughs) yes, lion is strong, but see this, this innocence, this innocent person in this white gown, um, young, vulnerable seemingly. And look who has the power here. And then in the Thoth deck by Aleister Crowley, that's the deck that yells at me the loudest. So I, I use it, I utilize it the most. Um, the strength card is called lust and she is Babylon, B-A-B-A-L-O-N. And the picture is, a depi- it's a depiction of Babylon riding the beast, the seven headed beast. And there's all, you know, revelation and the golden temple of the golden dawn and Thelema and, and all of that theology and quasi theology there, but lust, it is, it is life. This is life force. This is the force of life that cannot be contained. That is strength. And so we're being brought to a level of dis- of of clarity and consciousness in Leo season that I think is going to be uh, transmuted into discernment in Virgo, um, and especially with this upcoming Mercury retrograde in Virgo. Um, of how much how much life force am I truly? utilizing for the sake of my soul is is my life force truly being utilized in the way that my soul wants it to be independent of anybody's opinion including all of the spiritual teachers including all of the fake spiritual teachers on Instagram including all of this capitalist society Capitalism, not just like the almighty fucking dollar. Capitalism over energy. Capitalism over your attention. Capitalism over your life force. Wake up in the morning and you are your only boss. Not in an, un, not in a, we talked about humility, but it's the humility of understanding. In this, in this case, it's the humility of understanding that you only have the one, this one incarnation as you, okay? And that this soul, the humility of, under, of being in such relationship, deep relationship with your soul, that you're willing to spend a little bit more energy 
not getting distracted by what is on the screen. Unless it's a, it's your laptop screen or computer screen and you're writing something. Unless you're like it's Canva and you are creating something. It's something that it's unless it's like no screen at all and you're making breakfast for your kids. Maybe you're making your kids third breakfast because uh, they they didn't like the first two. And and it's just like this this the humility of surrendering to where your life force wants to go. Not where your mind has been programmed to believe that your life force should go. All right, if I don't stop there, I'm just gonna keep um I'm gonna keep preaching it. Um so that that is this week's um, transit talk, and I've made up my mind. I'm going to release this um, as a full podcast as well because I think there's just too much too much importance here and too much love here. Because remember, this is Leo season, and Leo is the heart, and everything that I've talked about for the last 43 minutes, it takes courage. So you're here, you're here, you're listening to this. Maybe you're nodding your head, maybe you're crying, maybe you're fast forwarding through parts and getting triggered. But all of that is an engagement with your, with, with you. Okay. All of that is an engagement and all of that engagement takes courage. So pat yourself on the back. You're not sleeping through this life. And thank you for not sleeping through this life. And thank you so much for being here. So that's it for this episode of Astrology and Stuff. You can come back each week or so during the summer for new episodes. And you also have a way to get weekly bonus episodes, which this episode originally was uh, on my Patreon page. Just search for Astrology and Stuff Podcast. Uh, bonus episodes are weekly peeks into the planetary transits where we can get into the astrology of the week and how that may be affecting you in your neck of the woods. Each episode of Astrology and Stuff is written, recorded, edited, and mixed by me, Simpriti Ireland. The music you hear is an original work by Angel Wing. And again, thank you for being here.